If you want to look in your Bibles uh, or you're on your phone or on your iPad, someone the other day wondered why I asked people to get their iPhones out. She thought I was, you know, that was a bit rude, you know. They, you're going to encourage them to check Facebook, check your Twitter account, get on Instagram, put a picture of Major Beth on Instagram. But what I'm really asking you to get to get your phones out is to look up Matthew 25 and here's a story that Jesus told and uh, it's from Matthew 25 and Jesus said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip and he called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone and he gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver went to work and earned two more. But the servant who had the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant who he had entrusted the five bags came forward with five more. The one who had been given two came forward with two more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servants. You have been faithful in handling this small amount so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now I want to leave it just there. This is one of, uh, remember when Colin was here last week, my brother, the one who's older than me, uh, he talked about a parable that was one of three about prayer. Do you remember that? He referred to three parables about prayer. And um, so it has also got me thinking, and then I've been reading leading up to Easter, to the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. And this parable that we are reading here is also one of three that were the three of the final stories that we have recorded that Jesus shared. Stories, parables, stories with a meaning. And so I thought it was good leading up to Easter to share what Jesus said because we should take note of someone's last word, don't you reckon? You know, when you think about what Jesus knew was ahead of him, because right after he'd said these stories, these parables, he was actually betrayed and it wasn't very long before he knew death on a cross. Crucifixion, the most vile punishment of its day and still of our day. And so right before he went to the cross, he shared, these, he shared three stories. They all have a common theme. And it's really, they, I guess he's talking about eternity. He's talking about being accountable for who we are prior to our eternal life. He's, I think he's talking to us about the choices we make in our relationship with him. And he's wanting to give us understanding of how what we do now impacts our future. And so there's a lot of lessons. And I'd encourage you to go back again and again in the coming days and have, an, have more of a look at Matthew 25 because there's heaps of lessons that we can draw from these verses. But, you know, I'm just going to tell you three. I nearly put up five fingers then. That's always a problem. I'm just going <laughs> to draw three out of this story. 
And one of the first things that I see um, when I read this, because the interpretation is that the master who came to the three servants represents God, represents really Jesus in our life. So you remember what the master did in this place, in this story. He came to his three servants who would represent you and I, say. People who believe in him, people who serve him. And he came to them and he told this story saying, I'm the master in this story. And he was probably hinting when he said this story because he talks about the master going away on a long trip. And he knew that within days and weeks of this telling this story, he was to go away. Yes, in three days he was to be resurrected and then sometime after that he went to heaven and left the Holy Spirit to, with us. But he knew that his death was around the corner. He was going away. And he was telling this story to say, I am giving something to you, servants. I'm giving, I'm entrusting something of myself to you. He gave a gift, if you like, to all three of the servants. And, you know, I think he's saying to us um, in this parable that, you know, yes, I want you to be prepared to meet me in heaven one day. It is about your eternal reward. But don't just sit around like getting a bus ticket for a journey and just waiting at the bus stop for days and days until it comes. He was saying, I'm giving you a gift and I want this gift to be used while you're waiting for your eternal reward. He said, yes, I'm going away and one day you can be where I am, he goes on to say later on. But in the meantime, don't just sit around waiting for me to return. He's actually, this master in the parable was giving something to these three servants. He is the giver and he is wanting the people he's giving his gift to to be good stewards of what they were given. And so he sets up this very practical story. And you know, you and I have to wrestle with some of the applications of this story. So there were three servants that he said, and one of the servants got, in another translation, it says five talents. Now a talent was a type of money and it was a significant amount of money. So one of the guys gets five. Five talents. What did the second one get? Three. And the third one gets one. The master is God. He's the giver. The servants represent you and I. But they're given different amounts. What God has given us, he wants us to use those things to please him, the master. What he gives us is a way of honouring God doing our best with what God has given us in the place where he's put us. So that's the first thing I think comes out. God's the giver and he gives his people gifts. We talked about this at information classes last weekend, Salvo information classes. We talked about the fact that God is a great giver of gifts to us, but he wants us to be good stewards of them, to use them well. But as I said... One got five, one got three, one got one. 
we're not all equal. And immediately our heckles go up. Hang on a minute. Are you saying that in God's eyes, the master in the parable, that we're not equal? Seems unfair, doesn't it? We sort of don't like that. That doesn't sit well with our view of God, that God would treat the three servants differently. So what does it mean? When I look at it, I actually, as I read it, I discover that actually God wasn't comparing one to the other. He was just giving them different things. We could say that if he gave anyone one talent, the master was being extremely generous. Because it was a significant amount of money. Now in the story, Jesus actually says, and this is again gets us a bit offside, I'm giving according to your abilities. We don't like that, do we? That God would give according to someone's ability. And you think, wow, does Jesus really have favourites? Seems unfair. But you know, what, we, what I think about equality is that it really took as much, it takes as much effort with whatever you've got. It doesn't take necessarily more effort. We all have the ability to be equal in that we've got to put in the effort with what we've been given. And there is equality in that. He wasn't comparing them with, um, with one another. He was just blessing them in different ways. And so he does with you and I. But how much time do we waste? And I can remember when I was a young, like a later teen and in my early 20s, that I reckoned I wasted a lot of time comparing myself to other people. And this is a lesson we draw out of this story. You can imagine it, can't you? If we look beyond the story, the guy who gets one saying, that'd be right, yeah. That'd be right. He'd get five. He always gets five. Yeah, of course. Of course the master would give him more. He's never liked me. Yeah, I knew they'd be treated differently. Yeah, I knew they'd be better than I am. Has anyone ever had a party like that, a pity party? We have, haven't we? I can remember doing it a lot in my early 20s and thinking, and then looking back and thinking, what on earth was I going on about? comparing myself with other people and thinking that God was doing better by them than he was doing by me and that God had given them abilities that I wanted and they had things that were going right for them that weren't going. We do it, don't we? And comparison is a killer. Has anyone ever fall short, fall, fall foul of comparison? We do, don't we? We do. They've got better stuff than me. And here, actually, Jesus probably brings that out for us to, to have to wrestle with. God blesses us differently. Not better or worse, just differently. Comparison is a killer. I wish I had what she has. It's not fair he got that and I've only got this. Things that should be different to me. Look at them and on and on it goes. He just blessed them differently. And then he came back 
And the man who'd been given five said, Master, I, I've worked and I've, I've acknowledged you've blessed me with these five and I've got another five. He had ten. Ten talents, which might have been a very significant amount of money. And then he goes to the one who's got three. What's happened with, what you, with how I blessed you? And he said, Master, I had three and I've made another three. Very good. You know what he said to them? If you, if you remember what we read, he said to those two, he didn't say to the one who had five, you are amazing. You're not quite as amazing, but you are amazing. He didn't. He said to both of them who had worked with the blessing that they had been given, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy, enter into the joy of, of the master. So he didn't compare them. He didn't say, well, that's fantastic. I'm really, I'm going with number one. Who, who, he, he blessed them differently. And the first two, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Now the third one, what happened to him? What does the Bible say? He had one. What did he do with it? He buried it. He buried it. And you know, when I read this, it's not so much that he wasted money. It was the fact that he wasted an opportunity to use what God had blessed him with to make something more of it. And we need to look beyond the financial aspect of this story. It's not necessarily about money. It's about saying, what has God blessed me with? Have you got a gift to be able to, of kindness? Have you got a gift of being able to encourage? Have you got a gift of being able to be creative? Do you have a gift of being able to show support to someone? Do you have a gift as a mother or a father to parent your children well? Do you have a gift to speak truth into someone's life? Do you have a truth to ser uh, a, a, a gift to serve in a, in a kitchen? Or a cafe? Do you have a gift to sweep the streets or serve the Prime Minister? This parable is about discovering what has God given you and then doing something with it. And being like the first and second servant and not like the third who was in fear of the master and who just buried it. He wasted an opportunity to use a blessing, a gift that God had given him. Now this parable is not, it is a fairly confronting one. If you go on to read the three of them, they're all about being held to account. And this parable tells us that all of us one day, the master will call us to account. And he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did, I, what did you do with that opportunity I gave you at Townsville Recovery Services to get well? What did you do with that? Did you bury it, squander it, waste time? Or did you take it and say, I'm going to run with this and I'm going to get out of it even more? When he gifted you with children, did you take that as a gift? And say, God, I'm not just going to squander this or waste the moments I have with my kids. 
I'm going to press in with this gift. And I'm going to be the very best mum or dad that I can be. And I'm going to multiply the gift in my life and in theirs. Because we will be called to account for whatever gifts we have been given. Because to the third one, he actually was quite confrontational. He actually said, shocking, terrible. That's not good. That's not what I gave you that one blessing for. And he actually said he would be cast out because he hadn't used the gift that he had. The first two, well done. Good and faithful servant. Now this parable isn't about getting saved. It's not about, oh, I've got to do something in order for God to, to um, give me his gift of salvation, to be saved from sin and coming into a right relationship with him. We, well, that happens purely on the basis of what Jesus has done. But Jesus is saying here that there is some stuff that I hand over to you, my friends. You and I, we have responsibility. What will we do with what God has given. The master didn't compare any of them. He just treated them as individuals who he had blessed differently. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I want you just in, a, in these couple of moments as we close, I think we can apply this parable personally. What does this mean in my life? What gifts might God have given me and he's looking to how I'm going to be responsible for them, what I'm going to do with them, to acknowledge that he has blessed me with those things. I think we could also like, take this parable and apply it to us as a community of faith. Um, Andrew talked about some of the ways that God is blessing us. But we don't want to take for granted what is in our hand. And I hope that as a community of faith, we can say, Thank you, God, for what you've given me, what you've given us as a community of faith. But I'm not going to bury it and I'm not going to squander it. I'm going to just seek to do all I can and be responsible for that so that when the Master returns and holds this community of faith and each of us personally, we're going to be able to have said to us, well done, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And the third way I think we can apply it is as a nation. What's Australia been given? We're blessed in so many ways. But don't we squander it with our attitudes sometimes towards one another? Our attitudes of, you know, having a go, having a go at people and seeking revenge. Sometimes as a nation we lose our way. When God has given our nation many blessings, and as I was considering this today as I was driving around a couple of places, I thought it'd be awful if you know Australia didn't grab hold of all that God had granted them and just move on into the future with confidence. Move on that every person, every person could be a person of worth and of value, a person of significance, no matter the colour of their skin or whether they've got a job or they haven't got a job or whether they have a family or whether they're by themselves. We want to be a nation, don't we, that takes hold of the blessing that God has given us and see it increase over and over again.
Now the team are going to sing a song and this just allows us for a few moments. Which of the servants would you put yourself as? Firstly, do you even understand that God has gifted you and has blessed you? And yes, you might look differently. To, he's blessed you to the person next to you. But are you taking hold of that blessing for yourself? Are you trusting God? Are you feeling responsible under God to do all you can to use the gifts that he's given you? As we sing, if the way is open always for prayer or for finding someone to stand alongside and, and ask them to pray for you or encourage you. But we want these moments just to be moments where we, we grasp hold of that. What's God given to you? Because one day he's going to come back and say, what did you do with it? What did you do with what I gave you?